Welcome to the Christian Business Concepts with your host, Harold Milby. Christian Business Concepts is dedicated to guiding companies and business owners in becoming effective, efficient, and successful through God's Word and godly principles. Now, here's your host, Harold Milby. Hey, welcome to today's broadcast where we're beginning to start episode two or the second part of our series on God wants you to prosper, but why? You know, in the first episode, we 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 talked a lot about the fact that and gave scriptural reference to the fact that God wants you to prosper. Uh, we 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 talked about that. We we talked about the fact that God is a God of prosperity. He's a God of multiplication. He's not a God of lack. And if you haven't listened to the first episode, you should. And uh, we 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 talked about that, and then we we started talking about the fact that there was the law of stewardship, and we talked about the fact that stewardship is a commitment to God, that stewardship is a commitment to others, uh, that stewardship is responsibility, and stewardship is accountability, and we are to be His managers. And so, you know, I told the story about uh, Tom who, who started Domino's Pizza, and we, we talked, you know, about his story and what he had and the epiphany that he had uh, after all the success that he had and now feels like his biggest goal in life is to die broke because he got really a revelation and an understanding about what true godly prosperity was and what stewardship was. So what I want to do is continue uh, through this and uh, I, I want us to take a good, hard look at understanding the actual key principles, the, the key principles to godly stewardship. So let's start with the first one. Uh, you must first understand that you own nothing. If you're going to be a good steward, you've first got to know you don't own anything. It's not yours. It belongs to God. Everything that you have. You know, the reason that I take such good care of my vehicles, keep them clean, I take care of them. Why? Because I believe it's God's. I believe that's God's vehicle, and he can use it however he wants to. I know years ago, and I mean years ago, this would go back into the late 80s, I had a couple of cars, and one of them had about 60,000 miles on it or so, and the Lord spoke to me one night and said, I want you to give that car away. It was paid for. And I said, yeah, but Lord, it's, it's got 60,000 miles on it, and it's a really nice car. I've got this one over here. It's kind of a junker. Let me give that one away. He said, no, I didn't ask you to give that one. I, I asked you to give this one away. And then he spoke very clearly to me. He said, if you'll do this, you will never, ever have to worry about being in a nice vehicle again. And I'll be honest with you, that has been absolutely true my entire life. I have never had a problem being in a nice car. I had when I was in ministry, I had one one family that came and gave us a brand new vehicle, a brand new Grand Marquis. Um, you know, we've we've had other things happen in our life where God has uh, blessed us with a, a new vehicle or a slightly used vehicle, but God's always taking care of us. It's not anything we've ever had to worry about. Well, I believe that part of that is because of being a good steward. Uh, I think that if I had not given that car away, which was a difficult thing to do, I'm not going to lie to you, 
But because I did that, I believe God kept his promise. But you have to understand that it's not yours anyway. That wasn't my car to give away anyway. That was the Lord's car to give away. All I am is a manager. Um, The Bible says in Psalms 24 and 1 that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. We, we, we belong to him. The Bible says that we're, we were bought with a price. We're not our own. And so, you know, we are, you know, people that work for and live for, uh, you know, our master. And so everything that we do, everything that we own, and every way that we can prosper belongs to him anyway. If you go back into Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 11 through 18, it says, Beware... He gave them a very stern warning when God sent the children of Israel into the promised land. This was a very stern warning, unfortunately, that they didn't listen to. But in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 11 through 18, he says, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, sounds like a God of prosperity, doesn't it? Verse 14, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. And thou say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hand has gotten me this wealth." But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that gives thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto his fathers, or unto thy fathers, as it is this day. So one of the things, one of the reasons that God wants us to prosper is for the very fact that it glorifies God, that people see that you prosper. And, uh, you know, I recently had a, a kind of a, a interesting experience. It really touched my heart. But there was a family that I happened to see at a funeral, and I hadn't seen them in years. It had been probably 15 to 18 years since I'd seen these people. And these people were, you know, one of our congregation members in our church, and they, 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 they didn't have a lot. They were kind of, you know, poor people. And, you know, I used to teach godly prosperity, you know, when I pastored. And there were some people that had a tough time with that message, but most didn't. And uh, these people came every Sunday. They were a part of the church. You know, they, they were there every time the doors were open. But I saw them at this funeral some some years, just a few years ago, and I had seen them for, you know, like I said, about 15 to 18 years. They came up to me. They were dressed really nice. Their kids were there. They were dressed really nice. They were grown adults now. But But the parents came over to me and said, you know, Harold, we just want to say something to you. You know, we had a hard time when you tried to teach godly prosperity and having a balance of that godly prosperity in our lives. But we want you to know that that teaching really touched us. And over the years, we really began to implement the principles that you taught us through God's Word. 
And we want you to know that God has prospered us. He's prospered us. We have a nice home now. Our kids have nice jobs. We're able to take vacations. We're able to do some things, and we're able to give into the kingdom. We're, we're able to help prosper the kingdom of God because of our the prosperity that God's given us. And we just wanted you to know that, that we were listening. And that really touched my heart because that's what God wants. He wants to be—he he gets glory. He gets glory when people prosper. Now, I tell you that story as an example, not to pat myself on the back, but 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 I, I tell you that story because I want you to know that God is glorified when you prosper. Uh, let's go to the next thing. God makes his gifts personal. Now, we go back to chapter uh, um, uh, Matthew 25 we, that we've been reading out of, Matthew 25, and in verse 15, you begin to understand that God gave those gifts according and severally as he willed, according to their abilities. So he gave, them, he, he gave the guy five talents because he knew that guy could manage five talents. He gave another guy two talents because he knew that guy could manage two talents. He gave the one guy one talent because he knew he could only manage one talent. So when God gives you talents, he gives you abilities, God wants you to understand that it's a very personal thing. He personalizes those gifts and those talents. Uh, Next, God gives them according to the person. Again, Matthew 25. The other thing to realize is no one is excluded. No one. God has put abilities and talents in every single person who's hearing this message. So we're to be good stewards of that. As I said in the other broadcast, you know, you're supposed to be a good steward of your time, your talents, your abilities, the grace that God's given you, your fatherhood or motherhood. You are supposed to be good stewards over those things as well. The next thing is to realize that these gifts come from God. You say, well, I went to school. I have an MBA. Well, that's great. But understand that the reason that you could absorb this knowledge was because of God. You don't realize how many people... Did you know that Yale and um, some of the other Ivy League schools were started as Christian-based colleges? Did you know that? That Yale and Harvard both... It first started. Harvard was started first. And what happened was, is there was an endowment, and I can't remember who the endowment uh, came from. It may have been uh, Carnegie. And the the thing of it was, is that in the, this endowment that he would give to other schools, the the one thing, the stipulation that he put in there is that it couldn't be a really religious based organization. And so uh, uh, Harvard. Uh, kind of saw that, and their board of directors started changing little things, and they started walking away from their Christian principles in that school. So then Yale started. Yale was started because they saw that at Harvard, and so they wanted to continue that that Christian school attitude, and then through the years, they changed as well. And you wouldn't even have a clue that these two schools started out as very strong Christian-educated colleges. Uh, why is that? Is because you know it's because they didn't understand where it came from to begin with. It all came from the Lord, and they forgot that. Remember, we go back and read, you know what it said in in uh, Deuteronomy chapter eight. It they forgot the Lord. They they forgot him. You know. So anyway, these gifts come from God. Next, God creates opportunities to use your talents and gifts. You know. 
again, God will open doors for you to utilize what you have. You know, one of the things that that my wife and I like to do is when the Lord speaks to us, and he does on occasion, he'll speak to us and say, hey, you see that person over there? Go give him $20. You know, go give him $40. You know, it's it's not thousands. You know, that's happened a few times in our lives, but mostly it's 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 small amounts. But I think that's because, you know, God knows what our resources are. But, but there are times when God does that. And let me tell you something. It is so exciting to do that. And you know what we ought to be praying every day? We ought to be praying, God, open up doors of opportunities for me to utilize the talents and the gifts that you've given me. Whether it's, it's spiritual gifts, whether it's natural gifts, whether it's finances or resources, God, open up those, uh, those doors of opportunity for me to be able to give. You know, in Luke chapter 19, when he talked about uh, in that version of the, 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 well, in the parable of the 10 servants, and he delivered them all 10 pounds. And he said to them, he said, occupy till I come. And that word occupy means to do business, to do business. So again, God will give us opportunities to use those talents and gifts. Why? Because they multiply. Do you think for one minute that that little boy thought that when he gave away his two fishes, that he was going to get anything back? No. In his natural mind, I'm giving my two fishes. Well, there goes my two fish. There goes my lunch. I'm not going to be very full when I leave here today. I brought that for me. But he gave those two fishes, and as we know, it fed a multitude of over 5,000 people, and they collected baskets full. I like to think that who got the baskets? I think it was the little boy because maybe there was a need there. So understand that God will take what you have, and it may not be a lot, but God will take what you have, and he'll multiply it. It's not about how much you have. It's about your ability and your desire and your obedience to have let God have it and let him do something with it. So the next thing is we are to cultivate these gifts. You know, 1 Peter 4.10, it says, As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. I think back about when I, was, when I felt like I was called to be a pastor. And, and I remember, you know, and, and even my wife, we, we kind of joke about it. Um, my wife goes back to the very first message that I ever preached. And she said, it was horrible. <laughs> she said, you were, you were just horrible at that. And I thought, he thinks he's called to preach? Understand this. Probably every person that's, every, that's ever been called to preach, ever called, been called to pastor, their first message, it's probably horrible. If you probably go back and you could listen to it, it probably is horrible. But what God does is he takes that little bit that's in you and you cultivate it. You let God's anointing help you cultivate that gift, and it becomes wonderful. It becomes great. It becomes awesome. I mean, when I when I took over as, as a senior pastor the first time, which was down in Florida, let me tell you, every Sunday morning I had bowls of peppermints, you know, the little little round peppermints. And I would suck on those before that I would go and speak because I was nervous. Because I thought, I, you know, I just didn't think I was that good and, and, you know, and I was struggling. And I went through that for probably the first six or eight months that I pastored, you know, there until I began to feel more comfortable. I, I got more confidence because I was trying to cultivate those gifts. So you want to cultivate those gifts. Uh, the next thing, uh, stewardship has 
consequences. Stewardship has consequences. Keep in mind that the one steward who had the one talent that went and buried it, we remember what happened to him. And so you understand that if, if, if you are not a good steward, it has negative consequences. If you are a good steward with what God gives you, then you will have positive consequences. Stewardship has rewards. The one that gained the five talents, well, what happened? Well, they took the one talent from the one steward who didn't do anything with it and gave it to the other one, gave it to the one that had earned five more. So there are rewards that come, and then those rewards, it it continues to just flow and turn over and operate because the more that you are a good steward with, the more God gives you. A lot of times you're wondering, well, why don't I feel as blessed as other people? Maybe because you're not as good as a steward of what you currently have. So focus on what you have, what God's given you right now, and become a good steward with what you have now. Next thing to realize is that earthly resources can be used for eternal purposes. Don't over-spiritualize stewardship. It's really about natural things. It's about spiritual things. It's about both of those things. It's you know God has given us all things that pertain to life. That includes physical things. That includes uh, spiritual things. I'm not saying that the Lord doesn't want you to have things. That's not what I'm saying. But let's be honest. Let's not have the things have you. Don't have those things for your own personal pleasure. But if God, you feel like God wants to prosper you in something, I mean, there's a lot of things that I purchase that I, I don't I don't purchase until until I ask the Lord if it's okay. And I know some people say, well, I think that's kind of silly. Well, okay, that's okay if you feel that way. For me, I want to make sure that I'm being a good steward, and for me, that's how I feel like I am. I, I, I'll never forget the one time that I wanted to buy a table saw for my wood shop. I wanted a really nice table saw. And so I went to my wife, and I said, I, I want you to pray with me about the, fi- you know, the ability for me to go out and buy a nice, uh, you know, a really nice table saw and, and a nice, nice pedestal table saw. You know, they go for around fourteen hundred dollars, twelve to fourteen hundred dollars. That's a lot of money. And so my wife was praying about it, and a few days went by, and I said, Hey, honey, I said, what, what do you feel like the Lord's saying? And, and she, I'll never forget it. She said, I feel like the Lord's saying you got to wait. And man, I wasn't happy. I was not happy with that answer. But I knew well enough through my experience with her that she heard from the Lord, and, and so we, we waited. And the short part of the story is is that a few weeks went by, and the Lord says, now's the time. And I went to a place, and they had one on sale because it was a discontinued model, and it was regular, almost $1,400, and I got it for $500. So God knew. He wanted to bless me, but he also was happy that I went to him and I said, Lord, you let me know if it's okay. So, you know, there is earthly resources that can be used for eternal purposes uh, when we when we understand proper stewardship. We understand that these physical resources are something that God gives us, just like a table saw. You think, well, why is God interested in giving you a table saw? I don't know. But I believe that God really is interested in every part of our life. 
Uh, but I do believe that some of the things that you, God gives you could be used for something spiritual, even though it's something physical. Uh, our stewardship must serve our master's purpose first. That's important. You know, Luke 12, 42 and 47, it says, And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he comes, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. But and if that servant says in his heart, my Lord delays his coming and shall begin to beat the men servants and maidens and to eat and drink and to be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looks not for him and at that hour when he's not aware will cut him asunder and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes." So understand that we've, you know, our purpose, or not our purpose, but the stewardship that we have, the stewardship of the the things that God gives us, the talents and abilities, it has to be for his purpose first. You know, Luke 17, 7, uh, it says, But which of you having a servant plowing or feeding cattle will say unto him, By and by, when he's come from the field, go and sit down to eat? And will not rather say unto him, Make ready wherewith I may sup, and gird thyself, and serve me until I have eaten and drunken, and afterward you shall eat and drink. Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded of him? I think not. So likewise he, when you have done all those things which are commanded you, say, We are unprofitable servants. We have done what that which is our duty to do. So what he's saying is, is that in that passage, he's saying that, hey, you've got to serve him first. That's key. You can't serve yourself, and then whatever's left over, you give to God. So our stewardship embraces both the material and the spiritual. So we've talked a little bit about that uh, before. So let's go to the next one. God evaluates our actions on the basis of our attitudes. So in 1 Corinthians 13 and 3, he says, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profits me nothing. So God doesn't really care how much you give to the poor. He doesn't care how much how generous you are. Let's go back and, and, and look at the example of Domino's Pizza. You know, he was a very generous person, but he didn't really care about that. What he cared about was his attitude. It was about his attitude. And so God looks at our attitude. Here's a wisdom seed. Generosity with the wrong attitude will bring no benefit to the giver. All right, so quickly, I want to talk about two hindrances to prosperity. The first one is wrong attitude. So we just talked about that. But it's a hindrance to godly prosperity. James 4 and 3, it says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your own lusts that warn your members? You lust and have not, you kill and desire to have and cannot obtain, you fight and war and yet you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lusts. So let's look at verse 3 again. It says, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss. Amiss. It's... it's, it just means that you're asking in the wrong way. That you, and he goes on to says that you may consume, and that word means spend, to waste, or to squander. So you're asking, so you're going to waste or spend or squander it upon your own lust. And that word lust comes from a Greek word, hedone, 
And hedone means to uh, to have pleasure or desire for pleasure. So that is the attitude that you don't want to have if you're going to be a good steward and if you're going to prosper. It's not about consuming it upon your, you know, your own lust. It's not about buying the yacht. Am I saying that God doesn't want you to have a boat? No, I'm not saying that. But what's your attitude in having the boat? Did you pray about it? Did you feel like the Lord said, yeah, you can have the boat? Or did God say, no, I want you to take part of that money, and I want you to give it here or sow it here or put it into this work or that work, and then take the remaining balance and get a smaller boat? I, I don't know. I can't answer that question. But the issue becomes your attitude, and that attitude has got to be God's first. What does he want? And the other thing that hinders prosperity is unforgiveness. You know, when you when you read that passage in Mark chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, it says, And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven will forgive you. But keep in mind that this these two passages are tied to, 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 to the, uh, the other passage before it, uh, verse 24. Verse 24, Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And then he goes into verse 25 where he talks about praying and, and, and forgiving. See, God wants us blessed so that we can bless others. It took Tom of Domino's Pizza, it took him so much time to grasp that truth. And my hope and my desire is that you learn this now. Run your business with that knowledge and understanding and purpose of true godly prosperity. He wants us blessed to show forth God's glory. He wants us blessed to show us how much he loves us. And in this day of corporate greed and everyone trying to get more, God is looking for business owners like you and business managers like you who are willing to use his prosperity for all the right reasons. Will you answer that call? I hope you will. Hey, it's good to talk to you today. Look forward to talking to you on another broadcast of Christian Business Concepts. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning into this week's Christian Business Concepts podcast. Go to christianbusinessconcepts.com for more information and resources. Be sure to check out other podcasts that will help you take your business and your personal life to a whole new level of success.